0: ...long for authentic community and a spiritual family to belong to. We exist to connect, equip, and send you into the world to fulfill your destiny and advance the kingdom of God on the earth. To learn more about us, please visit kingdomcommunity.global. We look forward to hearing from you.
1: Hey there, everyone. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for tuning into the Kingdom Community My name is Glenn Blakeney. I'm so glad that you're here and uh, appreciate you guys just letting us know where you're watching from. Obviously, we are live right now and uh, love for you to also hit the share button. We're live on YouTube, on Facebook, on various pages on Facebook as well, just so that other people can join us and be part of this amazing time of sharing tonight. My guest is Michael Pink. He's going to be talking to us about God's best kept secrets The Bible says in the book of Psalms in chapter 25, verse 14, that the Lord reveals or makes known his secrets to those who fear him. Would you like to be in on God's secrets? Would you like to know some of his secrets? Well, my guest Michael Pink has actually uh, found 101 secrets that are found in the scriptures, and he's going to be sharing tonight on how This revelation can change our lives, not only in terms of what we know and what we need to know, but also and how we can live. It's going to be an incredible interview. I mean, we're not going to be able to talk about all 101 secrets, but you're going to really get a lot out of this. I'm telling you guys, incredible value coming to you this evening, and uh, it's going to be just a great time. So, again, hit the share button, let others know about this. Would you go ahead and do that? Thank you for joining us. And do comment and let us know where you are watching from. Bless you. Also, guys, at the end, you want to stick around. There's going to be a call to action. You can learn how to uh, get a hold of Michael's four-book series. Incredible series, guys. Four books on God's best-kept secrets. It's going to literally change your life. I've been reading, uh, listening, and also different ways that you can get trained and equipped to be successful. Uh, To be effective, especially if you're in business and you're going to really enjoy this and you're going to get a lot of value from that. Well, my name is Glenn Blakeney, as I said, and I'm the founder and the president of Awake Nations Ministries and also the Kingdom Community. Guys, if you're looking for mentoring, equipping for a spiritual family to belong to, head over to our website, which is KingdomCommunity.global kingdomcommunity.global also you can watch our kingdom content on kingdom community tv kingdomcommunity.tv the replay of this live will be hosted on kingdomcommunity.tv if you're looking to bring your message online and potentially reach many many people we'd love to chat with you about having your teachings your show your content on kingdom community tv we're on amazon fire roku google we are on apple tv we are on the website kingdomcommunity.tv ios and android apps you're gonna really uh love watching the content there's so many great people on there with just an incredible message to share so head over to kingdomcommunity.tv well thank you Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in and being part of this incredible time. It's going to be, uh, as I said, just a great opportunity for you to just be blessed and and challenged, and and you're going to be scratching your head. You're 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 going to be at times going wow, and uh, you're we're going to try to dive into things uh, in a, as deep as we can go. And uh, for the next hour, it's going to be very very profound. My guest is michael pink and uh, actually had the privilege to catch up with michael today here in florida and we had coffee together and michael was sharing that he was the guy who was actually facing the sun (laughs) as we sat outside um i guess the sun was toward my back but uh michael so good to have you with us on the kingdom community show let's just start off by telling our audience who is Michael Pink, and what are you called to do? What's your contribution in the kingdom to the body of Christ?
0: Hey, Glenn. Well, first of all, thank you. Uh, it was great being with you, meeting you in person today. I loved it. Um, I'm I'm an ordinary guy with some extraordinary understanding and extraordinary knowledge, extraordinary wisdom that I pulled from the pages of Scripture. Um, I'm a guy that's happily married to a beautiful wife who's full of the Spirit, who— the fruit of the spirit. When I saw her, I realized she had the fruit of the spirit, and I wanted just that— that cornucopia of the fruit of the spirit. So I'm very happily married to a wonderful gal. Uh, she's a Southern gal, I, you know, from Alabama and Mississippi. And uh, anyway, so that's that's a little bit on the personal side. Um, my contribution to the body of Christ is: I spent the last 40 years. I've been in the business arena since I was 19 years old, and when I got a job in sales, and from that day forward, I've been. You know, In that realm, back in the 70s, 1970, uh, gosh, 75, something like that is when I first got in. I'm trying to get my time, timeline right, but around there when I got into sales and started selling life insurance and then other copiers and things like that over the years. Eventually, I went into business, and I did this big, big business and went broke. Oh, my gosh, it, it was amazing. Because, <laughs> you see, I thought like, I knew how to sell. I didn't know how to run a business. And I realized that they're not quite the same thing. Uh, and, uh, but that was back in 81, 82, in that time frame. <clears throat> but I then began to really, really dig into the scriptures and see how do you do things? And I'm the kind of guy that doesn't just want principles. Because let me tell you something, Glenn, and, and, and to those of you who are watching this. Yes. What I've observed is that there are a lot of really good people. Yeah. They love God. They're men and women of honor, of integrity. They're honest. And those are the kind of principles people think of when they talk about biblical principles. They think of those kinds of things. And I know people who are just like that. They got that in spades, but yeah, they're yeah. not succeeding. Hmm. Why? Because it's not enough. It's important. It's important to be honest, man or woman of integrity. And all, all those kinds of things are absolutely important. But I know too many really good men and good women that are struggling to make it because they're missing other pieces they don't have the practical they don't have the skill set there mm. there's pieces that are missing and so what i've been doing for the last number of years is i've been studying it putting it into practice teaching sales teams and then corporations and fortune 100 companies helping other companies that uh, uh, you know go from kind of nothing to something yeah. just to give you one example what i do one example, yeah. back in 2015, a, a good friend of mine had a, had a company with 12 salespeople, and they had dwindled down to three, and they were looking for a job. He was going to shut the company down. He said, hey, Michael, can you help me? Hmm. He was a dear friend, so I said, sure. I was in July. spent the next six months helping him turn it around of 2015, and he ended up making a seven-figure profit by the end of the year, wow. and he asked me to help him for two more years, which I did, 16 in 2017. And that was long enough period of time. We needed a three-year track record to put it on the Inc. 500, the 16th fastest growing privately held company in America. Wow. And so that was a turnaround. But what happened was he gave me the liberty to, to give the practical, the tactical, the strategic, not just the principles, which All are, right. again, important. But the tactical, practical, strategic things. And so I've been teaching that for a long time. And then recently I just started something called the Jesus School of Business and then wrote this four series books and kind of got myself going there to, to really equip people and give people hmm. what they need to excel in the marketplace, on the job and in their own business.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. Wow. No small feat to turn around a company like that and get it on the Fortune 100 list. That's quite something. So, Michael, let's talk about your book. It's um, actually a four-volume series, God's Best Kept Secrets. So why did you write this?
0: Well, okay, good question. You know, uh, by the way, just just to clarify for somebody who might pick this up later, if I said Fortune 100, I've trained those companies. This company got on the Inc. 500 list, a little bit different. The Inc. 500 Uh, 500 list. But why did I do this? Well, I... I... (laughs) I'm a I'm a marketer, sales guy, I understand these things. And so I came home one day and I said, Lord, will you give me an idea? I want to have a big ticket sale, five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars a month retainers, like I used to do. I want that kind of thing. And I just want what's the right package? What's the right offer? Because it's a whole lot easier to have a half a dozen people paying you ten, 000, fifteen thousand dollars a month than it is to have a whole lot of people just buying books or something. And so I went to him and I said, I just want to know how to package this thing. This was in the end of last year. And uh, he said something very surprising to me. He said, son, I, I didn't give you all those insights so that it could be limited to only the people that could afford to pay those high dollar fees. I want you to make it accessible on the large scale. And I knew what that meant. And I knew I had to write it and put it in book form. And believe me, unless unless you're going to have a runaway bestseller, books aren't really the big way to to get ahead in in business. But I've learned to be obedient. Mm -hmm. And so I I sat down and I began to write. And I wrote for months, full time, over 200,000 words. And it was so big I couldn't put it in one book. So we split it into four, and that's how we got a four book series. So that's that's how it got started.
1: Wow, that's powerful. So God's best kept secrets. I mean, what do you mean by secrets?
0: Well, as you stated at the beginning of the program, you know, the Bible says in, in Psalm 25, 14 that the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. And so I've come to understand there are things that are in scripture, and people have, and I have read the entire Bible many times, and yet I still find something new on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. He says, he'll take me in and we'll go deeper on something. And it's like drilling down, you know, drop down menu, whatever, boom, it opens up, it opens up, it opens up. Mm-hmm. And so I've found that there are these amazing nuggets of truth that are life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, it, and it's not the result of an intellectual dissecting of the scripture. Mm -hmm. It is the result of I'm, I'm marinating my mind in the word and I'm trusting him by his spirit to speak to me. And he opens it up and I see profound, profound things in the word. And, and we have a lot of conversations about those kinds of things because I'm, uh, I'm a seeker of truth. I want to know how he does things. And so I began finding those secrets and wanting to apply them. These weren't just secrets mm-hmm. like, tell me about what it's like in the throne room or whatever. You know, I don't know what that's like. I've heard people <laughs> talk about that, but right. you know, even if I knew it'd be like, that's awesome, but I got, I, I got to pay the mortgage. How do we do that? You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. so that that's kind of where I, I land on that.
1: Yeah. And, and that's so true. I mean, we, we can be so philosophical that, and, and not pragmatic. And, and the reality is um, we were talking about this before we went on the air, the importance of really being able to execute on things. And the mm-hmm. Lord wants us uh, to be able to do what he's called us to do, not just know certain things, but to actually live out to, you know, concretize these type of things. And so sure. when we're talking about secrets, you're talking about revelations, some things the Lord has showed you I mean, this took you quite some period of, of time. Let's just talk about your, your first book, which talks about taking back the gates of commerce. What, what do you mean by that, Michael, taking back the gates of commerce?
0: Well, thanks for asking that question, Glenn. Um, in biblical days, we find, we find that the gates of the city, the walls of the city, those gates— represented three things. And there were three things that were routinely done at the entrance of the gates of the city. The first one was governmental. We, we even read in, in some scriptures where the kings would have their thrones literally transported to the gates of the city. They didn't make they didn't say, come over to my throne room. They'd bring their thrones to the gates and they would have their, their big time meetings. Okay, that's one. So we see government is represented there. The second thing is the judiciary where uh, there'd be maybe somebody was caught in adultery or stealing or whatever it was they bring them to the gates and the judgment would be rendered and sometimes fulfilled right there at the gate. And then the third thing we see is that at the gates is where commerce was transacted. We see that in the story of Elisha when he's when, when the, the lepers are on the outside of the city and they, they've been held hostage, the whole city, you know, they're running out of food and all that kind of stuff. And Elisha says tomorrow at this time, you know, the, the, Flowers is going to be selling for, you know, a nickel, a bucket or whatever it was, you know, in that, right. their currency. Nobody believed them, but it happened that way. And so we see that commerce takes place there. And so when I talk about taking back the gates of commerce, I realize, and some people talk about, and maybe you've heard this term, the seven mountains. And and so they yeah. talk about the, the, those persuasion things, you know, the family and the, and the church and, and education and arts and entertainment and you know the, these different uh, mountains as they're referred to sometimes. But every single one of them Every single one of them requires commerce. You got to have money for those things. Every one of them. My family needs money. My church needs money. My school needs money. My, the government needs money. Air, arts and entertainment, the, the media, they got to have money. Everybody's got to have it. So I want to show people how do you take back that gate? Because with that gate, you begin to enter into the purpose of wealth, which is twofold, in my opinion. Number one, of course, is for your basic provision. Yes. But number two, it is for influence. This is what I love about what you're doing. You're influencing and you're, you're beginning to influence the world and you're calling people to a sense of community, which I love that. I'm not, I'm, it's not been my the thing that I've championed because I, I, I've kind of been an orphan in many respects, my life. But when I hear it, there, I, there's a sound, that goes out like, wow, community, this is a great thing. And you're yeah, calling man. it together. So, but what you're doing takes money. And so we need kingdom warriors who, who can go out and capture that territory, win those gates of commerce and say, you know what? Maybe CNN, instead of being the, the, whatever cable news network, will become the Christian news network. Who knows? <laughs> okay. Somebody right. might buy that or whatever it is, but uh, it, you know, remember the movie, the passion of the Christ. Well, um, Mel Gibson put, I think it was 30 million of his own money, $30 million was yeah. the money into it. But look what that did around the world. Amazing. Yeah. what it did. So, I want people to learn how to how do I capture the gates of commerce? People they they, they love this idea, Glenn. You've heard it. We've all heard the term if you've been around a Christian, you know, a long time. They talk about the great wealth transfer. But what I find is that many Christians are are waiting for it to somehow they wake up and wait to look at my balance, Martha. Where did <laughs> this money come from? It must be the wealth transfer. You know yeah. <laughs> the, the, the wealth transfer. <laughs> Because I think is the body of Christ waking up, grabbing hold of skills, grabbing hold of wisdom, and providing what the marketplace pays for, which is value. Right. And they provide value to the marketplace by transforming it, by bringing something innovative to it, by bringing innovation to it, mm-hmm. by speaking to the lives, all those kinds of things. And that wealth transfer will happen. Now, there's other ways, of course, but primarily, I think, in the body of Christ, it's that. So we must equip the body of christ to have the the skills and be savvy in that way operate with the wisdom of god which jesus said is justified by her children Uh operate with that wisdom that bears its fruit which is why when we got on the inc 500 list okay there's some fruit there Uh, whatever you're doing must actually work right Uh and so We want to do that and take back those gates so that we can begin to really capture our cities, start with our families, start with our communities, and then into the cities, into the state, into the country, and to ultimately, as you do, the nations.
1: Yeah, well, wow, that's so good. And you know what, I, I love that because what you're saying is kingdom, and it's just all about advancing the kingdom. And going back to Genesis, we all know about that and how really this is all about us exercising our um, God-ordained influence in terms of dominion and so forth. And again, um, we're not advocating that the kingdom of God is of this world. Jesus said very clearly, my kingdom is not of this world, but we are in the world and we're not called just simply to isolate ourselves. We are called to make a difference in the world. And and so, Michael, you talk about in in your first book of taking back the gates of commerce. I mean, you've got many amazing supernatural stories of how God was with you. But one of the the secrets, maybe I think maybe it's it's the most important secret, has to do with walking with God. Um, let's just take a, a a deep dive into that for a moment because sure. this is this is so good because you're not just disseminating here principles or or whatever you're talking about something that uh jesus essentially said we're to do seeking yeah. first the kingdom right
0: yeah yeah with you know i'll tell you I, I would be heartbroken if i had all of god's wisdom and none of him ah i would be heartbroken if i could get all his stuff but I don't, I don't want to communicate with him. I don't want I to, I, no, no. I just want, Oh, here I can make money doing this. I can get ahead doing this. I can get whatever, whatever that is. It's a context for me to interact with my father, to interact with Jesus, to be filled with the spirit, walking with God in the marketplace is where you're consciously aware of his presence. As you go into the marketplace and you follow his leading and it's, 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 He speaks to you and tells you things, dramatic things. I remember as one example, I had a client in Ohio Mm -hmm. and I was doing, I don't remember now two or three days of training there, um, corporate sales training. And uh, there was one guy in in that particular company that was very profane. He dropped the F bomb, every other word, but it wasn't offensive to me. He was a funny guy and I used to be pretty profane. So, you know, I wasn't bothered by it. I understood it, you know, no big deal. Um, but he was that kind of guy, right? Well, on my last day of doing the training, they were walking in. And as I had done the previous two days, I was with my associate that worked for me there, one of my other consultants. We prayed in the parking lot. And I was feeling that particular morning about as spiritual as a rock or maybe a log or something. And this wasn't feeling. It's like I've been tired. I want to do my training, get on the plane, go home. And I was kind of in that mode. And, okay, oh, yeah, let's pray. And, and we did a sort of a dutiful prayer. And, and that was the intent. But – this is walking with God. In that moment, he does something dramatic to me. He, he op- I don't know how to say it to people, but it's kind of like a movie clip or a, a trailer for a, com- a movie commercial on television. You see the little clip. And I saw a clip playing while we're having this little prayer time. And I wasn't feeling particularly spiritual, but the movie played, Glenn. And here's what it was. I saw somebody in heaven. I mean, I could see them. And they pull back a bow and arrow and they... Poof, and they release an arrow, and it travels, and it hits this guy. We'll call him Sean. It hits Sean in the heart, the guy, the F-bomb guy, and it hits him in the heart. And I know instantly what it is, that it's a word from the Father. I know what the message is, and I know I'm supposed to give it to him. And I said, okay. And, and 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 so I go in, and, you know, the day of training starts, and we get all wrapped up in that, and blah, blah, blah. The end of the day comes and I'm thinking, okay, i got a flight at five. I got to be there by four. I need to leave by three. And it's almost three and I hadn't done it yet. And I'm, I'm getting ready to leave, you know, maybe collect my check or whatever the deal was. And I, I ran into him in the hallway and I realized, oh my gosh, I hadn't told him yet. So right. I said, hey, hey, Sean, I got to tell you something. You know, this morning before we, we came in, we, we were praying, you know, we prayed for you. It's what we do. I said, and the weirdest thing happened. I try to demystify this, you know what I'm saying?
1: Right. Yeah. I,
0: I, I'm not talking to experienced church people. I'm talking to rough dudes. Absolutely. This Absolutely. was a rough guy, okay? Yeah. He wasn't white collar, he was a blue-collar guy, and you know, I'm not I used to have a blue collar, I know what that's like. And so <laughs> here, here he is. <laughs> Still got one. So um I said, I told him, I said, this movie clip plays, and and, and I see like somebody in heaven, he's pulling back an arrow. and it and it hit you. And it hit you in the chest. And, and, and it was a message from God. It was a message from the Father. And, and I know what the message is. And I, I said, here's what he said, here's what it is. He said, the Father is calling you back to himself. Hmm. And he grabbed me by my suit lapels in a friendly but forceful way and pulled me into his office, closed the door, all the color drained from his face. And he said, Tell me more. Wow. And I, I did. I thought I was going to miss my flight, but this was more important. And I shared things with him. I shared about you know Jesus Christ and about being born again and all that. And at the end of it, I said, now, listen, you know, I'm a sales trainer. You know how I, I know how to close a sale. This is not a sale. If you can't look me in the eye yeah. and tell me that you know that the Father is calling you back to himself, there's no need in us praying. Right. But if you know that he is, let's pray together. Oh, no, let's pray. We prayed. He was born again. He wept like a baby, gloriously saved. And, and I said, no, listen, I've got to catch a flight. i got to go. You need to tell your wife what happened. Yeah. And he said he would. And the next time I talked to him a couple of weeks later, I asked him, I was on the phone, I think it was, and I said, did you tell your wife? He said, yeah. I said, what'd she say? I'll clean it up a little bit. But she said, well, it's about dang time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: and and so, but see, that's walking with God because he has an agenda. The father has an agenda. He put me in that place for a reason. Now, mind you, that company did very well. It ultimately was sold to a bigger company who also was a client of mine whose sales were at 22 million and they were stuck for three years. But they brought me in to help them and they jumped to 30 million in six months. Like, wow, this guy knows his stuff and for those watching. Yeah. He's God. I'm telling you, I'm not, that sounds so cliche. I I'm just imparting his wisdom and helping people apply yeah. his wisdom. So anyway, yeah. that's walking with God is a big deal.
1: Yeah. That's powerful. Now I know, you know, we've chatted and you've told me your story. You started off selling photocopiers and you went into a situation where, you know, you were given a certain quota that you had to meet and, you were like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna surpass that. Uh, let's yeah. t- talk about that that story for a moment. And you said that there was uh, a passage or two verses. I think it's in Proverbs three. That's right. Yeah, the that's Lord right. spoke to you, which was like a game changer, which re- literally launched you to a place where you yeah. you became like you broke the records. Yeah. You were the top salesperson. Yeah. This is like when you were very young and you're starting out. Talk about that. It's the yeah. unfair advantage, I think, is what you refer. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Well, you know, there's a lot of people watching this right now and, or that will watch it later. And uh, you're not the number one sales guy. You're not topping your field. You're not that. Yeah. But when I got this job, and this to give some context for it, it was 1986. It was January. And uh, I got this job, and I had just a couple of years earlier in 84 been in Toronto trying to sell copiers and barely, barely eking out a living. And I moved down to Tennessee, And uh, I got this job selling copiers and I didn't want to sell copiers. I knew that for sure, but that's where God directed me. So I went and on the first day, the vice president said, Michael, here's what we expect from you for every four or five companies that you demonstrate our equipment to, you should make one sale. The national average is one out of four. Now in your first month, we expect nothing. Your second month, we want two sales. And then from then on, we want four sales a month of which by the way, only 15 or 20% of the sales guys would ever actually Make four sales in a month, but that was the goal. Six sales in my first 90 days. I got home that day. My wife said, What's bugging you? I said, Well, they're asking me to sell one out of four. So, what's the problem? I said, Well, (laughs) that means they're asking me to accept the 75% failure rate. And I said, What farmer plants four rows of corn? And praise the god that just one of them comes up. And that's when I picked up my Bible and I said, I'm gonna find not only principles but strategies, practices, techniques, anything I can that I can apply to the sales process. And instead of selling one out of four, I intend to sell one out of one.
1: Hmm.
0: Wow. And I dove into scripture and the first thing I found was Proverbs three, verse three and four, which says to bind mercy and truth around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart and you'll find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and in the sight of man. And I thought to myself, I need favor. I need divine favor because I know I'm not good at this. Yeah. I have, as far as I'm concerned, failed miserably in Toronto. I know I'm not good at this. I need that help. Yeah. And so I began to say, how do I do that? And this is where a lot of Christians need to get this in the community. If you're in this community, you need to understand something. Yeah. It's not enough to be inspired by the word, to be encouraged by the word, to be lifted by the word, to love the word. It's all those things are important, but you then need to say, hey, Lord, how do I apply this? What does that look like in practice? And so I worked my way through that. And ninety days later, it was the time for my first quarterly sales meeting with all the all the peers. They had five branch offices. I was in one of them. And uh, your results are projected on a screen behind you, and you've got to say how many calls, demos, sales, and dollars. And I said, well, I've been here ninety days and I've done twenty two copy demonstrations, and I'm pleased to report to you. I also have twenty two sales. And it was one out of one, and it was three and a half times a number of six that I'd never seen anybody hit in the two years I was with that company. Now, they said he's from Mars. They said all kinds of yeah. crazy things about me. From Mars. Yeah. But, you know, uh, all we need is some evangelist from Canada to tell us how to sell copiers. But you know what? If, yeah. the, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, Solomon made this point. I think it's Ecclesiastes. Um, uh, my paraphrase is this. Poor men have no voice. Mm-hmm. What it really says is the poor man's wisdom is despised. And so <clears throat> having a platform is very important, I think. And so uh, the I finished the year setting a record for the most copies ever sold in a single year in in uh, at the level that I was at in a commercial setting. And I was in the territory less than a year and, and worked less than anybody. I mean, I, I didn't work crazy hours. I worked less. I spent my time with him and, and how do I do this and did what he told me to do. Then they made me, they they invited me to be the sales manager, gave me a group of five guys and they wanted to know, and this is what's important. I want everybody hearing me to listen to me. This is important. The question was, is it transferable or is it just that he's special, he's gifted or he's whatever it is? No, I made it the same stuff that you are. Same stuff. I had a Raised out, you know, three mothers coming up, dropped off at abandoned at two different houses as I was coming up, you know, age eleven, ran away in the city of Toronto. I, I, I didn't have a good upbringing. Okay, I mean it wasn't bad compared to a lot of people, so I'm not complaining. But you know, I made it the same stuff, <clears throat> and I was able to take that team. And ten months later, by of course, I led several of them to Christ. But ten months later, we were up four hundred and thirty percent. Wow. For those of you who don't know what that means. That's quadrupling the performance plus yeah. <clears> thirty percent. Excuse me. <clears throat> so that's that again uh, attests to the efficacy yeah. of this word. And what I'm trying to tell people here is, I want you to understand what. How do you walk that out? How do you walk that? Out? How do you walk any of these things out? Because the scripture is this. It's this place of 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 gold and rubies and diamonds if you will better than all that and we walk on it and it's like but i don't know how to cash it well Mm -hmm. i do and that's what the these books are all about yeah
1: wow that's awesome (laughs) Uh, hey everybody um i just want to let you know that right now i'm speaking with michael pink and we're talking about his four um volume book really they're four books god's best kept secrets amazing stuff guys and uh, we want to encourage you to get a hold of these books. But also, uh, we want to hear from you. If you are watching right now, and we'd love to have, uh, hear from you, any questions you have for Michael, we're going to be jumping into book number two next, which is all about the divine blueprint. And uh, Michael, what, what is uh, the divine blueprint?
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> We can be done. Are we live till tomorrow night? The divine blueprint blueprint essentially is this. In the Old Testament, we find that God gave Moses, he dictated to Moses in precise detail, a blueprint of an actual thing that is in heaven. We call it the Moses, uh, I call it the Moses blueprint. The Moses tabernacle is what it's called in the Bible. Right. Right, Tabernacle of Moses. And that tabernacle had three distinct areas. The outer court the inner court, and the holy of holies. Now, I spend a lot of time in this. I realize it paints a beautiful picture of salvation, the spirit-filled life, and all that. I understand that. <clears throat> but it also, you can apply and pull tremendous lessons from the scripture, from that model, for all kinds of things. So let me just give a quick synopsis. The outer court, I call level one. Now, in Proverbs 22, here's a bit of a backdrop. Proverbs 22, verse 20, It's Solomon says, Have not I written to you excellent things, Mm-hmm. of counsels and wisdom i believe it is that you may have uh, words of wisdom to answer to those that ask you and and the the word excellent there is the word shalish which in hebrew which means threefold things so you see in the bible literally hundreds and hundreds of threefold expressions mm-hmm. or threefold progressions father son and holy ghost body soul and spirit the the milk of the word, the bread of the word, the meat of the word, the 30, 60, 100 fold. I'm the way, the truth and the life. All, All these kinds of things, prophet, priest and king. There's they're just the Bible is full of these these amazing things. So in the outer court, what we see is that place. Now, listen, this will help you in sales. This will help you in business. It was illuminated by natural daylight and it speaks of naturally observable best practices. In the outer court, there are two things that happen there. You develop character and competence character and competence the characters has to do with the the altar of sacrifice and the, and the five kinds of sacrifices that were there that really speak to things like accountability humility gratitude thankfulness if you will generosity and commitment total commitment and if you learn what those five things are and how to apply them wow. you will absolutely this will form your character this is what this did it it, 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 oh, it chiseled it into them and then there was competence and so this is that realm is phenomenal and it's the realm of what I call the 30 fold increase.
1: 30 fold
0: yeah, yeah. And then, so then you move into level two, the inner court, which had no daylight but it was illuminated by a solid gold lampstand speaking of the divinity of God, burning the holy burning oil, which is speaks of the, of the Holy Spirit, and it illuminated a table of bread, which speaks of Jesus Christ, who was the bread of life, he referred to himself, who was also the word. So, the short version is. The Holy Spirit illuminates the scripture so that in level one and the outer court, you might've learned from somebody, Hey, don't take what somebody just offers you negotiate with them. Okay. <laughs> so that's level one level two says, let me show you how. So as an example, I'll give you an example. Plan. Negotiating. I asked the Lord for, I, I always want to know, is there a model someplace that I can emulate? And so, yeah, in, in the new testament right before hebrews there's a little page there called philemon 25 verses i believe it is and it's where paul is writing a letter to his friend phil or philemon for long <laughs> he's right he's writing a letter to him and he's he says essentially i'm paraphrasing but hey i'm in jail here and there's this guy named onesimus that you know he was in here on you know who knows what disorderly conduct whatever but he's going to be released now on good behavior and I've led him to Christ and now he's my son and, and I'm going to send him back. And I want him to go back to you because he was used to be your slave and he ran away. And evidence is that he probably trashed the place. He did some kind of damage because Paul said, I'll stand for it. I'll, I'll make good for that. And I want you, I'm sending him back to you and I want him to be received by, you, you know, I have to understand in those days, uh, uh slavery w- was, was like 60% of the Roman empire were slaves. If you ran away, uh, execute and we'll get another one okay life, uh, life was cheap and so he didn't want him to be executed punished beaten or anything he wanted him to go back and to be received Paul said as if it was me your very best friend in the world walking through the door wow. that's a tall order you have to think of the cultural times and he and Paul does this and he writes this letter and what we know from history is that Onesimus went on and he did go back and he actually became a bishop in the early church of Ephesus yeah. so wow. Okay, so what, So when I see that, I say, what was in that letter? So level two, I've got 31 strategies for successful negotiating for win-win that you won't find in a Harvard School of Business, you won't find in those other places, but it's more effective. So a case in point, I could give you many, but I'm going to give you one. A client of mine uh, was in the um, healthcare business, if you will, assisted living facility, and they were doing about $2 million a year in revenue and they had, a, they had a, a, a multi-million dollar loan for the facility and all that, uh-huh. and they, they um, were at a high interest rate. And they'd been at that rate for roughly uh, 10, 11 years at the time. And uh, they had another 14 years to go, if I recall correctly. And in the previous three years, the president of that company had been going to the state and saying, hey, listen, it, I know we, we bought it at 9% or whatever, but the interest rates have fallen in the market. Can, you, can we lower my rate, please? Yeah, it was he bored from the state. It was a bond. And okay. and they said no. And yeah. he, he would go to them every which way he could for a couple of years. And they were always saying no. So he said, hey, Michael, do you think you can help me? I said, well, sure. And I said, set up a meeting. We'll go to the state capitol. Fly out west. We'll do it. And So he called them or emailed them, whatever it was. And they said, no, no, we're not going to have a meeting. I've told you over and over again, there is nothing to talk about. We're not going to change it. So he yeah. called me back and said, Michael, there's no reason you're flying out here. I'm sorry. There's just it doesn't, I said, no, I'm coming. So I we went out there. Now, this man was a Gideon. Now, this is what is really important. He's a Gideon. He loved Jesus. Still does. He's okay. a great guy. right? Been serving the Lord his whole life. But he didn't know what I'm about to tell you. He okay. had no idea that you could go in the Bible and find a negotiating strategy. So I said, I'm going to show you how we do this. We're going to write a letter, just like Paul wrote to Philemon, but we're going to write to the state government here get your bible and in the conference room we spent six hours writing one letter that's a long time to write a letter what we did was we consciously took each of the 31 strategies and as as best as we were able we put them into the letter and then we wrote it and then we emailed it this is to somebody who said don't contact us i've told you and i told you and i've done told you leave us alone Right. Yeah. So we sent this email that was constructed and patterned after the book of even the negotiating secrets of the Apostle Paul. We sent the letter, didn't hear anything. Not that week, not the next week. But after two full weeks, they come back to him and they said, you know what? We're going to do it. And they dropped it from whatever percent down to three percent. It lowered his payment, his interest by nine thousand dollars a month. Wow. Now, nine thousand dollars a month is one hundred thousand dollars a year. He had 14 years left, so that's $1.4 million. Yeah. He was doing $2 million a year in revenue, and he's making 7% profit, which was $140,000 a year. To make $1.4 million in profit, he would have to run his business for another 10 years, buying vans, replacing, staff turnover, all the things he had to do. Or we could just spend six hours, write a really good letter, and boom. So, the, wow. and I can tell those. There's multiple stories, but the inner court level two has negotiating secrets of Paul, it has the, the questioning strategy of Moses, it has the communication secrets of Jesus, it has the, the motivational secrets of the Ten Commandments, it has the, the presentation strategies of the Apostle Peter. There are so many templates that are in the blueprint. If you have eyes to see, a heart to look after them, wow. the desire to find them, they're there
1: wow this is amazing so michael i mean we're talking about book number two which is about the divine blueprint guys i don't know if you heard that if you're just tuning in my guest is michael pink and we're talking about his best-selling series which has to do with god's best-kept secrets and there's four books involved in this guys you're going to get a hold of this this is deep revelation from god you know the lord has created us to be successful when jesus said i've come to give you life and life more abundantly you know it means that word more abundantly is translated mark 651 beyond measure so this is we're talking about excess we're talking about surplus overflow and he wants us to overflow with wisdom he wants us to overflow that so this isn't just if you're in business this is for life this is for ministry of yeah. course it includes business but You just unpacked something so profound, Michael, and I just want to just reiterate it uh, just succinctly here. The negotiating strategies of Paul, you just referred to an actual uh, example of someone who, through negotiation, ended up saving, was it $9,000 a month?
0: Yep, for 14 years.
1: For 14 years. Okay, their payment was reduced by that through negotiating a letter that was written to the state, to the government Mm -hmm. based on the book of Philemon. Yep. The negotiating strategies Paul used that are inherent in the book of Philemon.
0: That's right. Wow. That's right. See, my, my rationale goes like, this: Paul wrote a letter by the inspiration of the Holy spirit. That's what I believe. He just wrote the letter. Yeah. What I do is I say, Oh father, What did you put in that letter? Yeah, Help me see. I mean, there's a saying in business or in the world or whatever it is. He who frames the argument usually wins the argument. So when Paul in verse 10 gets to the subject, the reason why he's writing, because he doesn't bring it up until verse 10. And then he says, I appeal to you for my son, Onesimus. Now, right away, Philemon's reading that Onesimus, the no good runaway slave that trashed my house and left in, me in a pickle. And but Paul says, I want to talk to you about my son. Wow. He frames it entirely differently. Yeah. And automatically, Philemon realizes, has to realize, wait a minute, something's going on here. And so that's just one one of 31 strategies that you see that paul did and he has i mean it's profound what he did in that and again i believe is i don't think paul had a checklist like i did i was just saying how do i reverse engineer what's in there and you know and apply it and i've done that with many 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 different things and then applied them in business with incredible success
1: wow so powerful so you you refer to moses questioning strategy paul's negotiating strategy what were the other strategies and are are these all in in the second book
0: yeah yeah they're all in the second book so you have the communication secrets of jesus how communication do communication
1: secrets of jesus oh,
0: right. like, like there are certain things that he did that are one of them is identity shifting he shifts the identity he, he'll he'll compare uh you know this person with this one and you you realize in the story i want to be this guy you know, and and, and the, the the techniques that he uses are amazing. Or or, uh, you look at Peter because uh, I asked the Lord one time. I said, Lord, is there any place in the Bible where there was like a sales presentation or some kind of presentation where somebody <laughs> made a presentation but they wanted a result and they got the result? And we actually had the we actually had the transcript. You know, uh, is there any place we have that people today call it a swipe file? <laughs> but uh, the Bible says, Thou shalt not swipe. So, uh, but. <laughs> So I, I, I looked for that. He said, well, yeah, like that, Acts chapter 2. And Acts chapter 2 is where Peter gets in front of thousands of people, and they weren't saying, you know, ladies and gentlemen, give a big round of applause for the apostle Peter. You know, it wasn't <laughs> like that. It was like he gets up. They're all like astounded and confused and bewildered. And what's all this tongues of fire and people speaking in languages they hadn't learned and, and, and their own native languages, 15, 16, 17 languages that were there that they mentioned. And, like, how is this possible? And they're all bewildered. And they began mocking and jeering and all that kind of stuff. And Peter gets up in the midst of that hostile crowd and he gives a talk at the end of which 3,000 men made a decision that was going to cost all of them their reputation, some of them their fortunes, and even fewer, but some of them. Their lives, their very lives, and they made that decision. It wasn't like, hey, and by the way, at the end of the service, we're having ice cream at the back. We got chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry, and we have the new pomegranate flavor. Come to the back, fill up the card. You know, it wasn't like that. The decision was going to cost them dearly. Yeah, and they did it three thousand that day. So, yeah. what was in that talk again? By the Holy Spirit, he spoke, by the enablement of the Spirit. But if you look at what he did in Acts chapter 2, and I've studied it and I've written it, it's it's in the book. And I think there's something like 80 some odd points that I pulled out of Acts chapter 2 and and 12 major categories uh, that you can see the progression of what what Peter does in presenting, especially to a hostile crowd, but to any crowd. And when you look at that, you go, oh, my gosh, this is so amazing. And it wasn't Peter getting up and saying, hey, y'all, yeah, Jesus, Valerie, you know. I can I'm just telling you, I'm a fisherman and I know how to catch fish and 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 this Jesus guy he's a, he's just he's just plum smart and you ought to follow yeah. him. I do you know it's uh, not what he did. And that's what's amazing is the Holy Spirit flowing through Peter delivers this message and he brings him through historical context, political context. He brings him through all these things, and mm-hmm. it's yes, yeah, it's in book number two. I did that on on presentation strategies of Peter or or the motivational secrets of the Ten Commandments. You can go on and on. All of those things. I've I've loaded the second book with the templates and the practical. How do you do it? Uh-huh. The how, not just the what. The how. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. So I get a little carried away. Yeah.
1: No. No. That's awesome. That's good. Yeah. I mean, in seminary we studied Acts two and and uh, the you know we call it apostolic charisma all of that, but we never talked about that from the perspective of what you're doing. Actually, Paul said, he's talking about people being compelled, right? Mm -hmm. And compels people to, to come to Christ. And so ultimately when you, when you believe in something as obviously the apostles did, and then under the inspiration of the Holy spirit, the wisdom of God being able to present that in such a way that people buy in, Uh, as you said guys that are willing to lose everything to follow Jesus. So it was like nothing in the natural that was advantageous to that decision. So, right. so powerful. Yeah. So good. Okay. Michael, we're going to jump into book number three, which is uh, the race is not to the swift Ecclesiastes 9, 11. The race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor favor to men of skill, but time and chance happen to them all.
0: Mm hmm.
1: So, Good. yeah. So the question is, isn't it, uh, you know, expedient, beneficial for us to be swift, strong, wise, skilled, et cetera? I mean, the race is not to these. What what is meant by that? And time and chance happen to all.
0: Well, first of all, those first five things. Are the top of the cream of business strategy. And then I'll get to time and chance. Speed. Uh, Amazon has done incredibly well because you order on Amazon and it's there the next day. And in some places, it's there within the hour. The, the ability to deliver a result that you're promising quicker, the quicker you can do it, the more valuable you become to the marketplace. So speed is a very important thing. Strength which is your unique ability. What do you do that we consider a strength that is not readily available elsewhere because that unique ability, that unique uh, selling proposition, as it's sometimes called, is, is that having that and clearly articulating that is a very po- important business skill. So that's important. Wisdom is important. Understanding. Wisdom is basically, in simplistic terms, is left brain, logical rationale, whereas understanding is right brain, heart, emotional, and, and they both play an important role, which are critical in sales and in business and in life, is having the logical justification, the wisdom, and having the understanding, the compelling of the heart, those two things, right? And then it says, nor favor to men of skill. And of course, the word for skill there is yada, which is an intimate knowledge, a skill that goes beyond, yeah, I, I, I mean, I can play golf, right? But I'm not skilled, yeah. I'm terrible at it. So there's a difference between, yeah, I can do it, and I can do it exquisitely well. And that's the kind of skill that he's talking about. And then he says, but time and chance happens to all. Like, wait a minute, there's time and chance trumps all that. And I go, I don't understand. Are you saying it all comes down to the luck of the draw, to the roll of the dice, to, you know, uh, I mean, uh, help me understand this. You have to go into the Hebrew, and it begins with the first of those three words, time. The word translated "time" there is not a word. It's two letters in the Hebrew alphabet, E T, or, or that's how it's p- pronounced. Excuse me. It's the Aleph Tav. The, yeah. the, it's like the A to Z, or the Alpha and Omega in the Greek, beginning and the end. It, when you say the A to Z, that's not a word. That's that's a concept, and yeah. and it's the Aleph Tav, and and it, that that phrase, the E T of uh, the Aleph Tav appears 10,000 times in the Old Testament, but it's translated less than 200 times. Hmm. And what it is, is essentially, think of it as the divine imprimatur. It's Jesus who himself said, I am the Alpha and Omega. Most likely he spoke either Aramaic, which is a derivative of Hebrew, or he spoke Hebrew. And he was saying, I am the Aleph Tav. And when you see the Aleph Tav in the Old Testament, it's Jesus, that's his imprimatur. I'm here. And so he's saying time, and then it says, and chance, which is an occurrence, or a happening, okay, huh. it, 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 something happens, and it says time and chance. Some event happens or occurs, and, and in the it's too in, in the Hebrew, um, the, the word chance is, is pega, and it comes from pega, which has to do with um, intercession and prayer. And so, basically, when you put those words together, et taga, quora. I don't know how to pronounce it. But those are the three words in Hebrew. When you put it together, it's that divinely ordained events and circumstances trump everything uh-huh. it's the right place at the right time when wow. god is showing up and boom wait okay. a minute that that when god steps in and it is so stunningly amazing how yeah. he can can and does intervene and recognizing that and flowing with that that trumps everything you have heard the expression you know uh Timing, I forget how it goes exactly, but timing trumps it, essentially. Having, you know, right time, right place. Well, God has this thing about timing, and it's the divine timing where he comes in anonymously and divinely orders and arranges the steps, and you go, wow, that was God. I didn't even see that coming, but there it was. And that happens to all. And when that happens, that's better than speed. It's better than strength. It's better than wisdom and knowledge and understanding. It's better than skill. It is that that beautiful thing that he does. And cooperating with that and understanding his timing and going with his timing and go when he said, Let me tell you how that works. I'll give you one quick example. I have many, I can do it all day long, but I'll just give you one. Um for, for years, people would tell you, you need to, because of what I do, you need to be a, a, a speaker at the Fellowship of Companies for Christ International. It's a group of Christian CEOs. They get together once a year at the Ritz-Carlton, and they have their big event. You need to be there. And, yeah, 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 yeah. And they need to know you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I was waiting for, I didn't think of it in these terms, but I was waiting for the ET, the of top. I was waiting for that divine moment. And one day, I'm just in my office. I'm, I'm praying, speaking to the Lord, talking, and instantly, one day, out of the blue, he says, "Right now, call the CEO of, of that organization in Oklahoma." I picked up the phone. I asked to speak to the CEO. Got him on the phone. And I was doing a conference selling among wolves was one of my books. I was doing a selling among wolves conference in in Atlanta. I asked him to come speak at it. He did. He invited me to speak at the FCCI conference. In in, in the, it did it in Jamaica. Did it in Sarasota. Did it in Colorado. You know, some of these as a platform speaker with him. But it was the et or the aleph tav of God, and when you learn how to recognize that and then respond to it, it changes everything. It's a game changer. It's a big, big game changer. So that's what that's about.
1: Wow! So that's so powerful. Okay, so Michael, just summarize that again. You know, time and chance. Um, you, you, divinely.
0: You- yeah, they're divinely um, ordered uh, circumstances that that god has orchestrated on your behalf and when they come to play it's almost like step back and look at what he what the lord hath done yeah yeah yeah
1: wow that's so good and you know i've seen that happen um in my life and and i've seen that happen recently and and god brings the right people the circumstances you know the connections um doors And, man, things just begin to happen. We talk about in the kingdom community um, what we would refer to as convergence, a season of convergence. And it's such a powerful thing. Um, So good. That's book number three. Guys, we're going to jump into book number four here in just a moment. But, Michael, um, question for you. Someone is asking here, you mentioned having lost everything and starting over. What biblical principle helped you bounce back?
0: Wow. Wow uh uh-huh. You know, people don't understand this. They're asking me a big question. But it was the most unbelievable thing. Unbelievable. I used to have a beautiful home, beautiful town home. On top of that, rented out nice in the Lincoln. I'm in my twenties. I'm doing pretty good. Step into a business and I lost everything. It's a much longer story. Buried my childhood a lot of, lot of life took a really tough turn for me yeah and so I was at the time I I, I, I didn't have anything I had a I was borrowing somebody else's car staying in somebody else's place sleeping on somebody else's sofa I, I went from prosperity to flat I mean it was, it was a it was a very difficult time it lasted for a while and so one day the the, the principle it wasn't so much a principle as this I was laying on I, I opened Turned on the TV in this person's house, seven o'clock in the morning, whatever time it was, and just sort of went, oh, turn it on. And the 700 Club was on. And I hadn't watched that. I don't know, maybe ever. But anyway, it was on. I kind of watched it with a jaundiced eye and I was looking at it. And all of a sudden, as I'm watching the TV, I saw myself being interviewed on the TV and I saw my name at the bottom of the screen on the television, which of course was impossible because I wasn't there. Yeah. I shut the TV off and like, what? And I went outside for a walk in the rain. This is in British Columbia. And I went out for a walk in the rain. And I'm walking. And I saying, God, what was it? Nobody ever wa- – I would never – I could never be on this TV thing. I, you know, I, I, I messed up my life is a, a wreck and all this kind of stuff. And and I went on for an hour telling him how bad it was and how bad everything was. And at the end of an hour, when I guess I caught a breath, he said, are you tired of feeling sorry for yourself? <sighs> And I thought, huh, I was hoping for a hug or something. And, <laughs> and I thought, what do I do with that? And so the only thing I could think to do was, well, I've griped for an hour. So I'm going to pray for other people that are worse off than me, if there are any, <laughs> say tongue in cheek. And so for the next hour, I prayed for other people. I had to make most of them up because I you know, ran out of people. So those people in Africa or, or China or wherever they are, you know, the, the missionaries and I, people in prison. And I just interceded for like an hour. At the end of the hour, I was no longer feeling sorry for myself. And I said, God, I, I feel better, but, and here's what I said. I said, what about me? Will I ever be established again? Hmm. He, he said to me, Second Chronicles 7.17. Well, I didn't know that verse. I had no idea what it was. I ran up to my car, opened my Bible. And in my version of the Bible, it begins, and as for thee, catch this i said what about me will i ever be established and it says and as for thee and it's a word to solomon i'm paraphrasing if you'll hearken unto the word of the lord and do what it says verse 18 continues i will establish wow the throne of your kingdom and i went oh my gosh i shut the thing and it's like he's going to he is going to establish me yeah i had an incredible miracle that day. it may uh, it blow your mind? Whoever asked that question, I could I'd love to tell the story, but I'm, I'm not going to right now. But uh, the most amazing are you kidding me? Did that really happen to a human being? Yes, it did. But what happened was 16 years later or 15 years later, I, I'm trying to do the timeline correctly. I had written a book called Selling Among Wolves without joining the pack, and a publisher had me invited me to the big Christian booksellers convention, and th- that year it was in New Orleans. and. I'm there at the booth and talking about the book. And some ladies came up and said, oh, do you know who wrote that book, Selling Among Wolves? I said, yeah, I'm married to his wife. And mm-hmm. once I figured out what that meant, <laughs> uh, they, they said, what qualifies you to write the book? We had a story. Turned out the lady was the senior guest coordinator for the 700 Club. And they invited me to be on the 700 Club. So that's fine. And that was in October. I went. And the day I was being interviewed, that day, the, the Intifada broke out in the Middle East. Yasser Arafat did his thing. And my interview got bumped. But they said, you're here, so we'll still interview you, but it won't be live. I said, okay. Well, we'll run it tomorrow, they said. But they didn't because the intifada kept going. And it was going to be the next day, then the next week, and the next month. And then it just, I just g- gave up on it. It didn't happen. I was kind of disappointed. Time went by, and I ended up moving to Florida. And 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 I bought a home. The first time I actually bought a home with my name on it, in 16 years. And the day I took possession, we closed the deal, got the keys in, we're unloading the trucks. On that day, the realtor came over and said, my son said he saw you on TV today. I said, no, he didn't. No, yeah, he did. I said, he didn't. (laughs) He said, no, he's sure he did. I said, where does your son live? He said, he lives in Missouri. I said, I haven't been there. I promise you, I was not on television. So he left, comes back an hour later. He knows he saw you on TV. Uh, what is he talking about? And I, that night, you know, we unpack everything. I put the TV on top of a box. I plugged it in. The rerun of the morning show of the 700 Club was on. And I turned it on and I watched and I saw everything God showed me 16 years earlier with me being interviewed. My name on the bottom of the screen. Just like he said on the day, the exact day that I was established again, took possession of my new home in beautiful Sarasota, Florida. Uh, so that's what happened that I got a rhema word. And I believed it and I began to follow him and pursue him from there. And so right. I, you have to stop feeling sorry for yourself because it's very easy to do. Bible says the righteous man falls seven times. It's a metaphor, it probably falls a lot more than that, but gets back up again. And yeah. so you got to get back up. There's a time you say, enough of that, enough, enough, enough. Yeah, I got a lot of reason to feel sorry for me, but not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it anymore. And then say, God, lead me. And, and he did. And then what I did was, the promise was, I said to him, I picked up my Bible and said, I'll tell you what, I will study this thing, and I will do what it says, and I will tell other people how to do it and to do it if you do what it says you do. But if you don't do what it says you do, I won't tell anybody, because how can I? Uh-huh. So, and he's laughing, God, you know, he's like, I got this, trust me. Right. <laughs> so anyway, that was the beginning of the thing, and that was the big dramatic turnaround And that day, the miracle that happened was uh, blow your mind. But it took me through to 16 years later when that was actually fulfilled to the day. Wow. So, anyway.
1: Oh, that's so powerful and so encouraging, too. Thank you, Michael, for sharing that. Wow. Awesome. So, we're going to jump into the uh, final book, book number four, which is about the perfect business model. Guys, um, but I want to encourage you to stick around. There's going to be a call to action. I know by now, many of you are, if not everyone, guys, you're going to want to get a hold of Michael's uh, book. Also, Michael, you have something that uh, you share about in a moment that you've started recently. Yeah. Uh, I believe it's called The Jesus School of Business.
0: Yeah. The Jesus School of Business.
1: Okay. So you're going to hear about that as well and how that can help you as well. Um, Let's jump right into book number four, The Perfect Business Model and a very intriguing title what is the perfect business model michael
0: well interesting you should ask that because the bible in in scripture it it says in romans 1:20 that the hidden things of god from the creation of the world are clearly seen or clearly revealed by the things that he made even his eternal power and his divine nature you get that the hidden things of god are revealed in his creation what in first kings four thirty three we read that solomon It says that the kings of the earth came to Solomon to hear his wisdom. Specifically, it says that he spoke about trees from the hyssop that springs out of the wall to the the cedars of Lebanon. He spoke about these trees and kings sent their people hundreds of miles or thousands, however long it was, a long way on camel. You know, it wasn't like getting on a plane and they would go there to hear that wisdom. Why? It wasn't to learn how to prune a pear tree it was that he had understood there's certain things, as we well know from reading about Proverbs and ants, you know, consider the ant you sluggard and all the other things he talks about. Well, he spoke about trees. And so I got interested because in Isaiah 61, verse 3, it says that you are oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. In Psalm 1, we find out, it says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of the sinner, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And that man, that woman, his delight will be in the law of the Lord. And in his law, does he meditate day and night? And he will be like a tree. What? Huh? A tree? He will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bears fruit in season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. So I'm thinking, I want to be like a tree. What's that like, Lord? And here's the amazing thing. I'm going to set it up because th- that whole book is dedicated to understanding this. But if you take 100 people that go into business, 100 entrepreneurs, and they say, okay, today's the day I'm starting my business, right? You come back in five years, of those 100, only four of them, only four, five years later, will still be in business, have at least one employee, and be profitable. Only four out of 100. But yeah. if you take an orchard and you plant 100 trees, yeah, and seven conditions are met, and those seven conditions are easy to meet, if those seven conditions are met, you come back five years from now, all 100 will be fruitful, productive, and multiplying the franchise. So what does a tree do? that we can learn from how does it do that how does god do that and that's the premise that i began to study on it and so i i began studying that topic the tree is the business model it produces a product it does it on schedule has no stress i was out in the forest today walking past trees you know what there wasn't one of them groaning There was anything oh it's getting late we gotta hurry up and produce some acorns here you know they're just peaceful blowing in the wind, a little bit of breeze, enjoying the sunlight, and they were working and they were producing and they were performing a miracle every day, and the miracle that the trees are performing is they take they take light and they take water and they take CO2, the thing that everybody's supposed to be, oh, that's horrible, no, CO2, are you kidding? Trees love it, bring it on, bring your car, leave the engine running, please, you know, yeah. bring your cows and give them veins, we need the gas, they love <laughs> They love CO2 and they grow much faster when they have it. And those three things, CO2, air, you know, the air essentially, but CO2, water and light. They use those three things to produce wood, to produce apples, to produce leaves, to produce the fruit, to produce the stems, produce it all. And it is a stunning miracle because the wood that this bookcase is made of used to be nowhere. Hmm. It wasn't a tree before that. The tree was nowhere. The, The metal that's in my phone. They dug that out of the ground, but the wood that made this bookcase behind me was nowhere. It, it was produced from light, water, and CO two. How does he do that? What does that represent? And what are the seven things required?
1: Yep, come on
0: to produce it. And how does that work in business? And we talk about that. We talk about the, the first thing being a seed. You got to have a seed, right? Well, the thing about a seed is inscribed in every seed. Oh, there's so much just about the seed. I write all about this in that book, okay? But a seed has the, the DNA of what the tree is going to be, how tall it's going to be, what kind of fruit it's going to produce, the leaves are going to look like, everything. And, and, and just to make it really easy, the seeds are coded so that act, the other person can look at them and see what, what kind of brand, what's their brand. Oh, this is a watermelon seed or an apple seed or an orange seed or whatever. And they're all different and unique, a peach seed. They're all different. And you can tell what they're going to be by looking at the seed because coated in the seed is everything it's going to become, which in business it's your plan, it's your vision, it's your it's the whole thing: is how are we going to get there? What's it going to be? What is our vision? And we're going to build this kind of business, and this is what we're going to be. And no, we're not going to try to reach the entire world. That's not our calling. We're going to have the best. Like in Seattle, there's a, there's a fish shop there. Uh, I forget the name of it, but it's at the, at the wharf area. I've been there, Fisherman's Wharf. And, yeah. and they throw salmon, you know, you probably yeah. see it. And it's kind of fun, right? But there's, there's not a chain of them. To my knowledge, it's just one. <laughs> okay? And, and they're not right. called to have those everywhere. But Starbucks, you know, they're there, and then they're in ten thousand other places. So, yeah. you gotta be what you're you're meant to be. But there's seven ingredients to see being one of them. Right.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, and I know exactly where you're referring to in Seattle. I've been there, and you're right. The actually the very first Starbucks is across the street from that. But yeah, that's a good analogy. So, seven success secrets of a tree are um, found in book number four: the perfect business model. Wow. Yep. And uh, Michael, let's just wind things down here right now. Um, How do people get a hold of your book? And then tell us uh, about your newest initiative, the Jesus School of Business.
0: Thank you. Well, first of all, these are the books. This is book one that we were talking about, Taking Back the Gates. Uh, Book two is The Divine Blueprint. You can see there the 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 Tabernacle of Moses, The Ark of the Covenant, um, book number three is The Race is Not to the Swift, you no, know, the Battle to the Strong. It's those secrets that are in there. And book number four is is The Perfect Business Model. And it is, it's amazing. And so if you go to michaelpink.com, here's what I did, Glenn. You can go to Amazon anytime you want. And you can buy them. Or you can go to michaelpink.com. And you can get a 40% discount. So wow. whatever your preference is. Amazon.com, whenever you want, or michaelpink.com, go now and get a 40% discount. Get all, how much does that mean? But well, that means it's almost embarrassing to say, my wife said, Are you sure you want to do this? Yeah, I know, I know. They're $15 a piece. So it's a package of, for four of them, $59.97, plus, of course, the shipping, or you can just get the digital version. But so go to michaelpink.com and avail yourself of that. But I got to tell you, for one, when you're there for $1 more, you can join the Jesus School of Business for a month. After that, it's $59 a month. But you can join, and, and you can cancel anytime. It doesn't matter. But the point is that school, and you'll you'll see it on the site. Go to michaelpink.com. Click on the book. You'll see, all uh, you'll you'll learn, oh, here's the school. Here's all that. Or you can go to Jesus School of Business if you want. But go to michaelpink.com, and you'll see it. And the, in the School of Business, they have... Roughly 250 videos. I have 30 some odd courses, and there they are—the negotiating secrets of the Apostle Paul. They are the communication secrets of Jesus. They are the presentation strategies of of, of Peter. There are all these things that we've been talking about, and a whole lot more. And I have—and by the way, they have—I've sold them in the past for thousands of dollars. And what I didn't tell you, audience, before, and I'll, and I'll say it right now, is well, I guess I did say part of it. He said, he wanted me to make it available. And I'm saying, Lord, how am I going to do this? I know it's counterintuitive, but I'm going to do it. And and so I said, you can get into the school for a dollar. It automatically renews at $59. And you can cancel whenever you want or get a whole year and save another couple months if you want. But um, you have access to thousands of dollars of training that will help you in your life, in your ministry, in your job. And in your business or if you want to start a business. And it's unlike anything you've ever seen anywhere else. So I encourage you, if this appeals to you, the subject matter appeals to you, get the books and they'll they'll be shipped out to you. You'll have them in you know pretty quickly. $59.97 plus the shipping if you if you choose. If you're international, we still ship internationally. I sent some to Australia today. So you know, we ship around the world, but you know, it's a bit more expensive. So if you want to get the digital version, you're welcome to do that as well. But I would urge you, if you're a learner, a disciple is a disciplined learner. And if you want to distinguish yourself in the marketplace to ha- to be somebody that has a voice because you're operating with excellence and you are not only providing well for your family, but you're beginning to create the opportunities for influence, whether it's supporting works like Glenn Blakeney and, and the Kingdom TV or other kinds of things, whatever that is, you need to have some provision to be able to do that. And so... I would urge you to consider spending the extra dollar signing up for the Jesus School of Business. Cancel whenever you want. Stay in as long as you want. Okay. We took away the commitment. We took away all that. Took away the burden and said, there it is. So I would hope that you would do that if you want to be a kingdom warrior. You know, some of you are just enjoying this because maybe you're retired. And you think, oh, this is good. I wish I'd have known this 40 years ago. Fair enough. Share it with somebody who can use this, who can benefit from it. Maybe even give, them it, give it to them as a scholarship. So, That's kind of where that is, Glenn.
1: Yeah, that's great, Michael. Thank you. Yeah, I want to encourage everyone who's uh, listening to this, the live, or you're watching a video on demand on kingdomcommunity.tv. By the way, guys, if you head over to kingdomcommunity.tv and click on how to view, you can download our apps, Amazon Fire, Google, uh, iOS, Android, Apple TV, Roku. And we're going to be launching on additional apps as well. And you can watch all amazing content like this interview tonight and uh, just share this, but I want to encourage you again, just going back to what Michael said regarding the um, God's best kept secrets books, um, get a, get a hold of those and share them. If someone uh, maybe buy, buy one for someone, you know, who would benefit from this sign up for the school, a dollar more, check it out. You've got a month to just avail yourself of that. And, uh, See what you think about it. And you're not obligated to continue beyond that, guys. There's so much great content, and it's all just rooted in the Scripture. Amazing stuff. So, Michael, it's surely been my honor to have you with us tonight, and uh, I'm looking forward to having you again and again and again. <laughs> and uh, we, love it. Love yeah, it. And, and we're going to be doing something, guys, in the Kingdom community with Michael. Um, we do these Zoom sessions once a month typically, and we're going to be doing them more frequently. Michael's going to be coming on in the future and you need to have a membership with the kingdom community to access these sessions. We do have a free membership. You can check it out. You, you don't get, um, you know, your access is limited, but you still get to be part of the live zoom session. So kingdom community dot global, the kingdom community dot global sign up for one of the free memberships, or you can You know, purchase a silver gold membership, whatever you like, get access to the mentoring, the training. We have people from all over the world. Our next session coming up in November has to do, Michael, with the importance of really what you talked about in the first book, walking with God, you know, so that you hear the voice of the Lord. And uh, so we've got a a great prophetic person all the way from Australia that's going to be with us, Stacey Hilliard. Um, I've got Mark Sharona coming on. Um, Matt Sepulveda, who who's you know the seven figure guy. Um, he's coming on. We've got amazing people, and uh yeah, so so good to have you, Michael, with us. And we look forward to having you again. Thank you so much, everybody, for being part of this. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. There's the website, kingdomcommunity.global. Watch the replay of this. Uh, It's going to be on Facebook and YouTube for a limited time, but it will be on kingdomcommunity.tv. Just look for my name, Glenn Blakeney, under channels, and you'll be able to watch that. Bless you guys. Thank you so much for being part of this live with uh, my guest, Michael Pink, tonight. Truly uh, was a great session. God bless you, and have a great day. Other side of the world, great evening, wherever you are. Bless you guys.
0: Thanks for joining us today at The Kingdom Community. We trust that you are encouraged as a result of spending time with us. We exist to connect, equip, and send you out into the world to fulfill your destiny and advance the kingdom of God. To learn more about The Kingdom Community, please visit our website, kingdomcommunity.global. Again, our website is kingdomcommunity.global. Together, we are better.